Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. This should be a tremendous battle. Jimmy, with so much success here, so good on restarts, and Kyle Larson, so fast. Go where you want to go at the start. Don't just give it to him here. 48 playing back like home fifth at the quarter. How about they got to let him do that every race? Green flag back in the air. Jimmy gets the break. Clear, 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 clear. Whoa, Ty Dillon gets T-boned by Aaron Jones. Caution. Wreck. Big wreck. I'm so sorry. It's not your fault. They let him lay back the whole car went every freaking time. It's the second time in a row. <laughs> we are coming to the checkered. You won. <laughs> me. What? Oh, I'll trip. You're next. Hi, I want to welcome to NASCAR America. We begin today with some breaking news. Bubba Wallace will drive the number 43 car for Richard Petty Motorsports beginning this weekend at Pocono and will be in the car until Eric Almarola returns. Of course, he's a NASCAR Xfinity Series driver for Roush Fenway Racing, currently fourth in the championship standings there. There's a rumor that they might have to shutter that program, however, because of the fact that they are out of money financially on that race team. So it's going to be very interesting times. He'll become the first African-American in a Cup Series race since 2006 and Bill Lester. Marty Snyder, Dale Jarrett, Jeff Burton joining you here. So reaction, guys, to Bubba Wallace getting a shot in the Cup Series. Well, you always like to see opportunities there for these young drivers. And I think Bubba Wallace has done a tremendous job in proving that he has the talent to drive these race cars. It's a matter of getting himself in the right position. Is this the right position we'll have to see about that but he's very aggressive behind the wheel and uh, I think that he will be uh, a good replacement there uh, to, to move forward uh, obviously a lot to learn he hasn't been in one of these uh, cup cars and so uh, we'll see exactly what he does but I really like that that they've chosen a young driver and given Bubba this chance yeah you mentioned it and we, we've seen it uh, when drivers get hurt, we've seen an opportunity create itself. We've seen when crew members get hurt, an opportunity gets created. Can he take advantage of this opportunity? And I think that's the real challenge for Bubba is not trying too hard. We've seen uh, he can get in over, over his head a little bit because he is so aggressive, trying a little bit too hard. In this situation, I think that's going to be key is get in there, have a good time, enjoy it. Don't try to do more than you're capable of doing you know, they're giving you a shot for a reason. Yeah. You know, you don't have to prove to the world you can win Pocono. Prove to the world that you, you that you belong. You do that first, and I think that should be Bubba's goal is prove to the world I belong in the Cup Series. You don't have to win races to prove that. You, it's a stepping stone. It's an opportunity to take advantage of it. Meanwhile, from yesterday's Cup Series race at Dover, you think you guys, we have anything to talk about or what? <laughs> you know, there are a couple <laughs> things happening now. Let's get to the highlights. We'll get right to the nitty-gritty. Lap 361, Kyle Larson passes Ty Dillon for the lead. And, man, was that 42 car strong all day long. And at this point, he really stretches out his lead, DJ. You've been in this position before. You've had a big lead like this. 
and then a caution comes out. Yeah, uh, just hoping your friends all behave and nothing <laughs> happens. But as we well know, uh, you got to watch these races to the end because you don't know what's going to happen. And you've been in, Jeff and I both been in a situation with a good lead and, and have it go right away and knowing that anything can happen on a restart then. And Jeff, here's the final restart. Walk us through this. Yeah, Jimmy Johnson being a seven-time champion, their opportunity presented itself and he reached out and grabbed it. Uh, you know, Kyle Larson had the advantage. Here you see he's got the lead, passes the line. Behind him, the big wreck comes. Game over. It is a huge wreck with all those cars involved. And the race ends under caution because the drivers did get past the overtime line. Jimmy Johnson was able to make it past the overtime line and come to the checkered flag. And you heard almost the surprise in their voice when they said, you're coming to the checkered flag. Check out the notable finishes. Win number 83 for Jimmy Johnson. Kyle Larson settles for second for the fifth time this year. Six, if you count the all-star race. Martin Truex Jr. finishes third and racks up more stage wins. Those bonus points are going to be huge at the end of the year. And look at Danica Patrick, her first top ten in more than two years. Now let's go through the field and hear what the drivers had to say about Dover after the race. I didn't feel like I had the most, you know, a, a lucky day by any stretch. I got a good restart at the end. Um, but, man, what, what, a, what a challenging day. Um, I, I think we were second to third place car. The 78 was really strong. I, I think the 18 was was in the mix there too, but they had some troubles. Um, but you know, I, I got the restart of my life at the end. Yeah, restarts are tricky. I mean, I've I've lost plenty that way, and I, I know he's hungry. And um, you know, the win, I think the wins are going to keep coming for him. They're, they're never easy when they go away. I've lost I lost one here to Montoya um, a few years back, and uh, I've had my fair share kind of go the other way. So. He's a great talent and um, doesn't help for today's situation, but he's going to win plenty. Spun my tires pretty bad. I, I, you know, I tried taking off, uh, you know, not using a lot of throttle, and, and still spun my tires pretty bad. I, I knew we were both probably going to spin pretty bad, but uh, I wasn't getting great launches you know, all day. I'd always, always have to fight people off in the one when I was a leader. It was tough out there today. I mean, these things were a handful. The track was really, really rough, and uh, cars were, man, I was so loose at times today. I don't, I don't know how. How many times I almost thought I was going to crash, but uh, hung on to it and made a good day out of it. Didn't have a great race car. Made it better, but um, still just basically fell to the fortune of other people's misfortunes. And it was uh, rough out there. Aero balance was, uh, was pretty bad. Dirty air was horrible. Um, but I, I, I still just say we uh, don't have the right tire for this racetrack. We didn't have anything for, for Jimmy or Larson, so we uh, still need a little bit. And fighting for that trying to find it myself personally obviously our, our cars are fast enough teammate it's one um a few times which is good for the company and i just gotta do my job and and find whatever he has uh, i mean it's it's a finish i mean i wouldn't call it good but it, it's a finish so we're uh you know we're ready to take the next step and we need to with time for we've been around long enough we ought to be able to make that next step and um no excuse not to i'm gonna say something about that overtime line i kind of helped come up with that idea so this is gonna this is gonna be kind of strange but i think they should get rid of the overtime at all the racetracks except for um daytona and talladega i think we should uh um race it out everywhere well, boys, there's a lot to unpack from Dover, isn't there? So let, let's start with what Junior's talking about. The overtime line, should NASCAR consider a rule, team, rule change, DJ? Well, we haven't had this rule very long, so I don't know that it's time <laughs> to change it. I, I wasn't, I'll be honest, I wasn't in favor of it everywhere else anyway. I, I thought at Daytona and Talladega, it certainly fit perfectly for that. Uh, I think that 
other racetracks, uh, we could get in a, enough overtimes that generally you can finish a race by doing it that way and, and give the fans what they want to see, which is uh, finishing the race under green conditions. But again, we can't just, because somebody decides that we need to change this, uh, we can't just have make rules and then all of a sudden change. Well, I think it's really important to remember how you got here. You know, the reason the, the, the overtime line is, is there is so that NASCAR can roll safety, so that there was always this question, was the race really over? Did they throw the caution because Dale Jr. wasn't leading and they wanted to give him a chance? Remember all that, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So part of that was why this rule was put into place, so that it kind of took out a question NASCAR's, uh, when they threw the caution, trying to help a particular team. and said, okay, here's the overtime line. If you make it, that's the end of the story. And it took away some of that conversation. Now we're back talking about it again. Um, and there really wasn't any controversy yesterday. Everybody knew the rule. Jimmy Johnson beat, you know, fair and square, beat everybody back to the rule. So it all starts back at this. And, and, and here's how we got here. Yeah, and th- this was, you see Junior getting a big push from the two car, and NASCAR decides to throw the caution. Well, when they threw that caution determined, you know, the race. So well, people didn't like that. They said, well, you could have thrown it here, you could have thrown it there. So NASCAR and the drivers got together and said, here's how we're going to do this, and that's how the rule was created. So it's important to remember all that, how we got here. As a fan, I want to see every race end with a checkered flag flying and start-finish line. As a fan, I want to see that. As a competitor, the complexity of that is how many times are you going to do it? You know, fuel mileage starts to come into play. A lot of things come into play. Just remember why we got to where we are. Well, that's a fair point. And Junior, one of those drivers on the driver council who sort of came up with this rule and really were the ones pushing it in the first place, he's now saying we should we should move away from it. Well, but, but the fact that Junior was part of that process doesn't mean he can't change his mind, yeah. right? And, and, and if we always said, well, I was part of this decision, which means it has to be right, that's not healthy either. If, you've made it, if you were part of something that's not working and you want to, you want to try to change it for the betterment of the sport, that's, that's fine to say. And really... I don't think Junior lost anything from this. I don't think he was looking at it from a selfish standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he was looking at it more of an overall health of the sport. I don't think yeah. it really affected yeah. his day much. He probably would have had a little better finish because a lot of people wrecked. But I think it was just his personal opinion. As a fan, I would rather see it be different. Well, and I think he's thinking about it from the fan perspective, right? Because you want to, as a sanctioning body and, and drivers, you know, they want the fans to be entertained and see a green flag finish. Mm-hmm. And that's where we have to be careful with letting drivers make some of these rules because (laughs) a lot of times a driver's focus is going to be different and what you think you might want. And then that's put into place. And I think that's kind of what has happened here. A lot of drivers see that. Certainly everyone is going to raise their hand for Daytona and Talladega that this rule should be in place there. Uh, Now, I think it would probably be split somewhere along the way as far as the other racetracks. But what we have to keep in mind, what do the fans really want to see? And can this be done with, with Without getting too complex and uh, without just the fans saying, you know, we make a rule and then we change it. We, sure. we don't want to get right. too much into that. I, I do want to say that the rule worked. Yeah. No one questioned, well, they wanted Jimmy Johnson to win the race. Yeah. No one questioned it. Here's the line. Yeah. They had to throw a caution because it was a big wreck, right? If, if you were racing back to the line, they would have had to throw the caution because they couldn't race back to the line, yeah. right? Yeah. So the rule, the yeah. intent of the rule worked in this situation. Mm-hmm. No one's questioning NASCAR and how they did it, right? The only thing you question is, could it be more exciting? Yes. So the the... The, the thing that's most important, the integrity of the rule was met. Yeah. That's what's most important. All right, let's talk about Jimmy Johnson, the man who does wind up winning. Win number 83 for him. He ties Kale Yarbrough. At what point do we start 
saying he's one of the greatest drivers of all time. At what point does, the, do we, does he silence all the talk of how great he is? I'll start right now. I mean, I, I'm, <laughs> People I'm, still question that, which is I, amazing I, to me. I, I don't get it. You know, and Jimmy Johnson, I mean, he's done it in a quicker fashion than most every other driver of getting to those type numbers. Uh, I mean, he's been outstanding uh, spokesman for the sport. Uh, you couldn't ask for any more. And he just gets the job done. He goes and does his job. And, you know, we have the debate, well, are, are certain drivers are great? Enough, and we're going to get into that with Kyle Larson uh, probably a little bit later here. Get, does he need to be more aggressive? But, you know, Jimmy has always uh, done things his way, and he is one of the greatest drivers to ever go through. You can't put up numbers like that and not be that. But the numbers aside, he, he's going to be up banging on Jeff Gordon's numbers here yeah. before too long because he is that talented and the race team's that good. You know, what I find funny about this conversation is people say, well, he wouldn't have won championships if he had to do it the way Dale Earnhardt did it. <laughs> well, maybe Dale Earnhardt wouldn't have won seven if he had to do it the way Jimmy has to do it, yeah. right? People never yeah. talk about that. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Johnson has won championships in a lot of different formats. He has won races. He consistently qualifies well. He consistently leads laps. He consistently wins races. What's the debate? I mean, if, if, you, if you're a big Dale Earnhardt fan or you're a big Richard Petty fan, I get it. You know what I mean? He's my guy. I'm going to pull for him. But you should at least have the respect to say Jimmy Johnson is one of the best drivers, period, end of story. He won't get that credit today like he will 20 years from now because when Dale, Dale Jarrett won a championship, the year that I didn't, I didn't want to say, well, it's because Dale Jarrett was better than me, right? right? Yeah. That's not what competitors are going to do. Competitors are not going to say, that guy is better than me. It is not going to happen. Yeah. 20 years down the road, you hear the competitors say, he's better than me. It's, I can say it now. I can honestly say, Jimmy Johnson was a better race car driver than me. <laughs> but but 10 car, years yeah. ago, I wasn't going to say that. I can promise Well, you. I think the discussion turns to, can he get to 100? But I thought it was cool how he paid the reverence to Kel Yarbrough in victory lane oh. in the helmet. I thought that was all, really cool. all very cool. Meanwhile, Denny Hamlin wound up finishing 8th at Dover on Sunday. Up next, find out why he brought a fan from Indianapolis to a shop today. Denny channels his artistic side. That's coming up next. Denny Hamlin's car for this year's Brickyard 400 will feature a special FedEx Cares paint scheme. Indy-based FedEx employee Ray Shee Powell, who spends time working as a community volunteer, has been selected to help Denny design it. Here's what Hamlin had to say at today's event. Ray Shee's been a FedEx team member for 22 years in Indianapolis, and so for her to have input on the paint scheme that we're going to have for the FedEx Cares car, at Indy is, is a big deal. You know, she donates so much time, her and her family and her daughters, uh, to communities uh, within uh, Indy that uh, it was important to have her here. Uh, but FedEx Cares is a great program. Uh, $200 million is going to be donated to 200 communities by 2020. That is a big number by a great company and proud to be associated with them. Denny's teammate Kyle Busch had an interesting day Sunday at Dover. Here's the first pit stop of the day, and after he leaves pit road, you can see they had problems with the left rear there. The left rear wheel does eventually pop off. Now, according to the rule book, it could warrant a four-race suspension to crew chief Adam Stevens, along with the tire carrier and changer, but that might not be the case. Here's NASCAR senior vice president of competition Scott Miller on Sirius XM earlier today. Well, it's it's you know it's possible that we will. We really haven't started those discussions yet, but certainly we will. You know, review everything that we have um, from what we've seen so far. Um, it wasn't you know it wasn't uh, trying to go back on the racetrack with two lug nuts. It was obviously uh, human error in both cases. 
But like I said, there's a lot of discussions internally that have to happen um, on how we're going to rule on that, and that process will you know, start later this afternoon. We'll certainly keep posted on possible penalties for the 18 team. Here's how the Toyota drivers wound up finishing at Dover. Martin Truex Jr. in third. Kyle wound up finishing 16th after all those problems on pit road. Meanwhile, Denny Hamlin, as we said, eighth. He'll be on the show tomorrow with us. Now, while Jimmy Johnson celebrated a milestone win at Dover, Kyle Larson was left wondering what if. We'll get Kyle Larson's post-race reaction from Dover coming up on NASCAR America. What a weekend for the husband and wife duo of Graham Rahal and Courtney Force. Check out Courtney on Friday. That was in New Hampshire at the NHRA race. Amazingly, after that explosion, she walked away unharmed. Just incredible. Meanwhile, in Detroit, husband Graham swept the weekend for the Indy cars. First driver to sweep a weekend since Scott Dixon in 2013. They found a ton of speed they haven't had in the last couple of weeks. Coming up next, Game 4 coverage of the Stanley Cup Final between the Penguins and Predators immediately follows NASCAR America with NHL Live on NBCSN. Look at the guests they'll have tonight, fellas. Charles Barkley, Carrie Underwood, Wayne Gretzky, and Dirks Bentley. Meanwhile, did you see what Jeremy Roenick did? The catfish are out tonight. Here's what he did catching a fish the other day for the pregame show. Burton and DJ, when are you guys going to do this for us? No, not happening. I've been on a golf course where <laughs> Jeremy Roenick was playing golf, and I thought that was crazy, but this beat anything. Oh, the catfish. <laughs> certainly been the talk in Nashville, no doubt about it. Look at that face. Awesome, isn't it? So, <laughs> the fish hey, or the... <laughs> <laughs> oh, the fish and Jeremy. Hey, yesterday's race at Dover came down to the final restart between Jimmy Johnson and Kyle Larson. Jimmy went to victory lane. Kyle Larson left wondering what could have been. We'll get the 42's take next on NASCAR America. Hey, fellas, only 26 days before we got to do some weekend work. In honor of that, let's look at Jamie McMurray in the 26 car, barely beating Kyle Busch at Daytona, the closest cup finish in the history at Daytona. 26 days until we get there for the Cup Series race in Daytona. Meanwhile, his teammate... That was a close finish, wasn't it, guys? Yes. His teammate Kyle Larson had the dominant car Sunday at Dover, leading a career-high 241 laps. A win, however, would not be in the cards for the 24-year-old. He had to settle for second-place finish. He also remained second in the championship standings as well. He trails Martin Truex Jr. by nine points as we have reached the halfway point of the regular season. After the race, Larson had this to say about his near miss at Dover. Kyle, you had a career-high in laps led. Um, is this the biggest disappointment of your career? <laughs> That's a dumb question. Uh, no. Um, no, I mean, I've had bigger disappointing uh, races, I guess. Um, I don't know. It's, it's not, I mean, it's disappointing that I didn't win, but it's also you know, a positive that we led more than half the race and held off guys on four tires and we had two and we, you know, we were at a disadvantage a lot of the time was able to hold people off so I mean I'm, I'm disappointed that I didn't win but I'm, I'm proud of the effort that our team put in and I'm you know, proud of myself for, for the effort I put in most of the race um, just uh, yeah I just got to get better you know, somebody pointed out to him today that that's five second-place finishes. He said, no, no, that's six because he's counting the all-star race. So we've got to talk about these these restarts with Kyle Larson. At what point, Jeff, did he start getting in his head? It's already there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Listen, you don't, lose, you don't lose a race that you feel like you controlled 
uh, on the last restart without it being in your head after having lost some other ones. So uh, the question is, what are you going to do about it? So you can see right here, uh, he, he just got beaten. I mean, he has the, he has the advantage. He's on the, he's on the lane he picked. He controls when the restart happens, and Jimmy Johnson is able to leave with him and actually beat him into turn one. So that is on Kyle Larson's shoulders. He's got to find a way to do it better. It's not easy. If it was easy, yeah. he wouldn't be struggling. But certainly he's got to find a way to do it better. Yeah, he does have to. And, Jeff, we've talked about this on this show before. Here's the problem with trying to figure out how to do restarts better and be better at them. You can only put yourself in that position more times to learn from that. It's not like you can go out on the basketball court and practice your free throws or your three-point shot and get better at it. You have to get in that position in races because there's no other time. Practice doesn't allow that. So as a driver, you figure out, what am I doing wrong at certain places? Now, Dover is a unique place because the front straightaway is banked so much, and uh, he had hot tires, worn tires, uh, a lot of air pressure built up. So there are a lot of things working against him. So if I could tell Kyle Larson something that I learned, uh, but I wasn't on the front row restarting a whole lot because we didn't have these type <laughs> of restarts. But he, he brought Jimmy Johnson down a long way into the restart box. That's given Jimmy a little bit of an idea of where he's going to have to go. So that gave Jimmy a chance to start getting a little bit of momentum there. So if I were Kyle Larson with all of those things, I would want to be rolling a little bit quicker, a little bit faster to where I might not get that wheel spin. So there's a lot of things. Um, you know, you talk about flat racetracks. Well, he had a flat racetrack. And, you know, this isn't a drag strip that you get on most of right. the time. But Homestead, he did have that where he got beat by Jimmy Johnson also. So uh, there are things that he's just going to have to work on. And as a young driver, the problem is, as you pointed out, it's in his head now. So now he's got to figure out how to keep that out of there, put himself back in that position and be better than well, next and time. Well, it looks very similar to Homestead. I mean, he had the same exact situation. That's why Jimmy was able to win the championship yeah, last well, year. Well, listen, the, the, the defined restart box takes a little bit of an advantage away from the, from the leader as well. Yeah. Because now the, the, the second-place guy, he can predict much better. Uh, when you're going to go because you can't go till you get in that box and if you get to the second line then the flagman's going to start the race so that has made it a little bit more difficult for the leader but the leader still has an advantage so the, as, as dj mentioned the slower you go the more you have to accelerate at a higher rate which makes it easier to spin the rear wheels so if he picked up his speed a little bit and went a little earlier advantage him the longer he waits the easier it is for jimmy johnson to make a guess I'm gonna, he's going to go now. He's only a half a car length away. He's got to go with that line. And, if, and Jimmy's smart enough to know that if he gets going quick enough, too quick, he can always check up just a little yeah. bit and not make it look quite as bad and, and go enter turn one side by side, and you still are better off than, than if you hadn't taken that chance. So in some cases, you're racing Jimmy Johnson, who's already won a race, he has nothing to lose. Yeah, right. He can accelerate a little earlier, and then if he got too big of an advantage, back up a little bit so that NASCAR is not going to penalize him. And those are things that a seven-time champion who the world isn't resting on winning that race, right? Yes. A little bit of pressure off, a little bit of, hey, man, I've been here before. A little bit of experience goes a long way. I know, I know the outside had worked for him all day long, but with all that speedy dry, any, any reason to question him taking the outside there versus the inside? No, that, that wasn't even a factor here, really. You can see that this, you know, he lost it 
it right here in second gear, basically. That's where Jimmy got a little bit advanced. So let's let's also say Jimmy Johnson made a great restart. Sure, here. yeah. I mean, he was outstanding. I'm not well, sure how he, he did that. The restart of his life, right? Yeah. And so the, the speed rise over here off of turn two. So Jimmy was already clear at, at that point. So all of that's done. And, and uh, you know, by this time right here, he just couldn't get going. And that's where he's got to get better. But the last two that he's lost that, that we're talking about yeah. here uh, are two the seven-time champion, Jimmy Johnson, who had his struggles at one time with that, too. And it is easier. We heard we heard the comment made by Kyle that, you know, when, I mean, I'm in the second row, it's easier. Yes. Well, of course it's easier yeah. because, you know, now you can now you can judge off the leader. It, it's easier to kind of, kind of get laid back a little bit and get rolling. The first row is definitely the hardest. There's no question about that. But as a leader, you got to be able to take advantage of that, and he will. There, there, there is no doubt in my yeah. mind. And don't forget this, setup matters, too. Sure. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying it doesn't fall on the driver's shoulder because it does, but I can promise you setups matter and how the car can accelerate would not spin the rear tires. All right. At Homestead last year, DJ said that was a restart of Jimmy Johnson's life. I think he's going to have to change that to the restart of Jimmy Johnson's <laughs> life at Dover this past weekend. That'll do it for today's edition of NASCAR America. We'll be back tomorrow at 530 Eastern. Enjoy the game, everybody. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.